everybody move your body now do it here is something that's gonna make you move and groove hey dj you're playing that song oh now on and on and on on and on and on and on praise <laughs> the lord niggas <laughs> praise him every day i miss Jeanne. It's Friday night and the weekend's here. I need to unwind. It's the party. Mr. DJ. DJ. Where are they at? Well, actually about three, four years ago, I ran into Jean. Which one is that? The the less light-skinned one. (laughs) I ran into Jean and she... um, she she was singing at a jazz club. She sings uh she sings jazz now. Her husband is part of a band. And when I tell you she was the sweetest, she was just the sweetest and the kindest. I was like, girl, listen, I don't fangirl for many, but yo, we used to jam some Jeanne in my house. Legend. The legendary Jeanne, honey. Get your lives. Collectively. That's Ooh. it. Praying that you. Anyway, how are you? How is how is how? What's going on? Life is life, in man. But life is good. We thank God for being on this side of the ground. Huh? Talk about it. Yeah, man. Um, I'm well. I can't complain. I am. Uh, oh, I, I would be totally remiss in not welcoming you all to another episode of Jaden uh, Getting <laughs> Grown with Jaden Kid, where we just exactly. <laughs> Where we discuss all things adulting, the good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the, the tribulations, the triumphs, and the testimonies of being a real live adult in 2018. And the tokes. <laughs> <laughs> you just took yourself out. You I too- did. I did. You're a tickle. I'm You're Sinclair. Tickle. <laughs> you are Sinclair. No, don't say that. That's rude. No, it's not. Sinclair, <laughs> Sinclair is, is adorbs. Did you see there's a gif or a meme? It's a meme going around on Instagram. That's like which every every group of friends got one. Which one are you? And like Max is petty. <laughs> Khadija is hood. Regine is bougie. And I think Sinclair is, um, I don't remember. Ditsy. Goofy. I think it's goofy. I'm like a blend. I think I'm a blend of all blend. four. Honestly. I'm not a blend of all four. I don't have. I think I'm a blend in me. I do have some regime in me. Yes, you I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You just you didn't you have do. to agree. You agreed very quickly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I definitely I have some Khadija. I have some. Um, you do I, have some Khadija. You would wear a key around your neck on a Figaro chain. That's did, totally you. Did absolutely did absolutely Talk about absolutely. <laughs> And I wear my Tims with my dresses. It's cool. Um, and I know I have some Max in me. I know. <laughs> I know. I totally have some Max in me. Max has always got snacks. Woo! Max is the best character on the show. I, I love our, Max. Fight me. Like, Ride the Maverick. <laughs> it's my coat. <laughs> Alderman Maxwell, Maxine Shaw. Attorney at law. Attorney uh, at law. <laughs> Uh, this is the best show ever. Shout out to Hulu. Yeah, shout for, out to Hulu. Shout out to Hulu for just just doing what we asked you to do. Now, if you get different world back in, woof. Yeah, listen, oh 
you're about to take out the different world. Different world is on Amazon Prime, though. Okay, I have that. Right. I have every streaming service known to man, so I don't even know why I'd be acting like like I'm so hyped for one because I'm gonna get it. Totes, my goats. Totes, my goats. But yeah, what's going on, sis? What's going on in your world? How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, happy birthday to my husband. Come on, that's my brother Tristan. Everything yes. like that, right there. Welcome to Club Thirty Five. All right, Club Three Five. We out here. We out so. here in our mid thirties, standing squarely. How you standing doing? Super squarely in your mid thirties. Standing like, squarely. We are the median. <laughs> I was like, how does it feel to have like you know like a young hot wife? He was like, shut up. Because you're about to be here in just like two years. <laughs> yeah, y'all are so pressed. Y'all are so pressed. But we're going to let you have your grace. You know what I'm saying? Listen, gonna I'm going to ride this young hot wife thing for as long as I possibly can. Every every time, this nigga's going to stay older than me. So I'm just going to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. Um, you do that. But I took him to this, uh, this immersive play. Like this immersive uh, performance of Macbeth called um, Sleep No More at the McKittrick Hotel. Uh, he loved it. He's enthralled. This nigga's trying to go back. Like, <laughs> and it's you follow the characters around. Um, you literally have to follow the characters around. You have to run at certain points. Good times. Uh, Y'all so cultured. Y'all are cultured as We jazz. be trying. You know what I I'm love. saying? We be trying to be cultured niggas. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, man, the rest of the girls be going to Red Lobster. Y'all going to Immersive Macbeth. This what's up? I'm out. I mean, Y'all I'll go eat my biscuits after. You know, Cheddar Bay. <laughs> Cheddar Bay. I definitely, okay. we went to Tao after and definitely saw everybody who was trying to pose for an Instagram picture. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. It was well, that's great. What you, you expect these things. Yeah, yeah. You expected a Tao. We went cause it was open, but, <laughs> but I like when people go to things for scenes cause it makes for more entertainment for myself. But anyway, how was your week? The girls be out here trying to catch the love and hip hop tapings. <laughs> yeah, and they and there's this trend now where they wear like athletic socks, like white ones with like black fancy booties. Excuse me. Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Who's doing what now? It was like a model girl. She was mad tall. She was from London, and she had on some push socks. It's like some Golden Girls socks, um, and she had on some black booties and like, like a really short ankle booties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah fascinating okay. really high ones but it was i said oh, okay is this where fashion fashion is just it's just going somewhere man i just you know I'm i think lost. We're, we're going back to the 90s oh it's oh we're standing squarely in the <laughs> 90s again fran and i went shopping one day and i have never seen so much velvet and chokers man and floral print and fucking doc martens I really- as i did I feel like an auntie for real, for real, because the little girls at church be wearing chokers and I be like, let me tell you something. Y'all ain't come up with nothing, nothing new. Okay. You're not here. This is not innovation. We've no. been there. We've done that. Get your lives. In multiple decades. Get your lives. I mean, the girls are out here thinking they're doing something. You dress like Blossom. Sis, we was doing it in 96. <laughs> 96. Get your life. I can pull out a picture where I definitely had on a pair of boots, a floral dress, in a in a sunflower hat. I told and it was lit. I told this young lady the other day that she looked exactly the way that I looked when I graduated eighth grade. <laughs> Ma'am, I want you to know that I wore this dress and a choker. <laughs> I want you to know that this is like a blasphemy. Literally, it was deja vu. I said, sis, I've had this outfit on. I had this outfit on twenty years ago. It's your life. You know what ugly trend they brought back? What? 
um, besides so many. Besides um, all of them, but it's all right. <laughs> besides every it's last right. one. It's all right. The the baby t shirt with the with the with the spaghetti strap. Yeah. Dress over. Blossom. Like they you. used to be in Delia's. We out here. Delia's catalog. Dressing like T and Tamara. It's sister sister all over yes. again. I'm telling you, go home, Roger. Now, all of that, the whole thing. natural natural hair and sundresses. Yes, and Doc Martens. I'm in compliance. I'm in compliance. I get it. I can get with some of it, but not all of it. I'd be feeling mad old for some of it. I feel like some of the some of the fashions. I'm like, I can't. I'm not. I, I feel like I, I told Tristan. I was like, I feel a little frustrated. Why? Because I'm in this in between. Where I don't, I can't wear some of that stuff because I feel silly. One thing that I, but then I'm not that old. Yeah, I know that I'm not that old. Uh, but I feel that old. But um, one thing I don't know that I will be able to go back to are well, two things: mules. I can't do it. <laughs> Why? I can't do it. I can't do it. I know that y'all are gonna mule me down this summer. I'm like, y'all are gonna mule me to death, and I know it. But I can't do it. I also don't know, don't think that I'll be able to go back to the shoulder pad. I will never go back to the shoulder pad. Like you all can do whatever you want, and people can talk about me till the cows come home. If shoulder pads come shoulder back pads and they are, are popping, back. I'm never gonna have shoulder it. Pads oh, are, are they? Definitely back. Oh, oh but I'm you not know what? While we're here in in the land of fashion, let me just say this: I have walked past at this point three different H and M's since the whole monkey debacle, monkey sweatshirt debacle, and I gotta mm-hmm. say, tumbleweeds. You tumble. You blacks are mad at H and M. When I tell you, big mad, <laughs> mad. When I tell you, it was an echo of that joint. You can literally open the door to H and M and be like, "Hello, hello, hello." When I tell you, I y'all want- are not fooling. Y'all can't use Let me tell H&M. you something. There's no way at like six thirty in Soho. Listen. On a Friday Listen. night when niggas are about to go out, the H and M should be as empty as I Listen, saw it. There's the H and M in downtown Silver Spring. I went there last Friday. I went. I, this is okay. There's a CVS across the street. I had a prescription to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went past. I had to walk past H and M to get to CVS, and I knew that it was in. In it was like um, it's a larger H and M, so you can literally. Go in one door on one street and come out. Like you can cut through the H and M, like cut across the block. So mm-hmm. I walked around when I was going to CVS, but on the way back, I just said, "Let me just walk through here because I just believe that it is dry." And when I tell you, it was literally seven p.m. on a Friday yeah. night, and this H and M stands between a DSW and a movie theater, which is usually crawling with the use. When I tell you, rain, sleet, snow. Them babies is outside raising hell. But when I tell you that that H&M was dry. Bear. Like on a Friday night, Bear. I have never in all of my African-American life seen an H&M that empty. And I'm like. Like a Tisha Campbell concert. Listen, like- listen, toilet Tisha Campbell. Y'all are mad. <laughs> Y'all are mad. And I'm just, all right. Well, be mad. And H&M is saying, I'm still here. <laughs> barely. H&M, I just, I just <laughs> wonder how long y'all, if y'all really, if y'all still going to be mad. And when in the summertime, when the when the no. beta suits is seven dollars <laughs> a piece, but all them red signs, <laughs> niggas is gonna be like, all right, well the mother didn't care, so <laughs> y'all are big mad, but okay. Why well, I got the key? You know, H and M. Let's take out the trash. Let's do it. Okay. Right. What you got for trash this week? 
Well, you know, there are many, 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 many things uh, that uh, we can, um, okay, we can uh, discuss. The first being the government shutdown. <laughs> uh, the yeah, government, the IRS ain't Right, uh, the government is shut down. And when I, I mean, what I did not realize, um, but was brought to my attention, I want to first shout out, I would shout out to all of uh, our uh, you know, military person serving in the armed forces, all of our government employees, uh, especially those who are stationed overseas at this time, who are stationed overseas and not getting paid because of the government shutdown. Um, and because of the way I was speaking to, to um, someone who is uh, um, stationed in North Korea right now, and he was telling me that because of the way that the... Um, pay cycles were situated this month and the date that the government actually shut down, like they, they're like their checks from January one are messed up by the shutdown. Oh, so like God. we like, this is like, this is a, this is a, this is a major, major problem. Um, this is a major situation. A major situation. So shout out to all of, I know, and we have heard, we have, I've, I've seen tweets um, in Facebook, um, messages from people in the armed forces who listen to us, listen to our show and support us from overseas so shout out to all of y'all um oh, absolutely we love you so much and we're, we appreciate, we appreciate you. your service and even despite all the trash that's going on um y'all still showing up for work and we we appreciate you so i just wanted to say that very quickly. yeah shout you guys out for sure uh in other news uh uh, Kim and Kanye uh, had the baby via the surrogate um, mm-hmm. and named the baby after a utility company. <laughs> Chi-town. Chicago West sounds like Chicago West Gas and Electric. A, bro- a Broadway show. I'm just saying, though, what did this, you just be like, girl, my sh- I tweeted this. My Chicago West bill is high as hell. <laughs> I want y'all to just cut these lights off around here. Oh, I'm going to see Chicago West tonight. I heard that's so. It sounds good. like a hospital. So <laughs> sounds like it. It does sound like, a, like hospital. a hospital. Where'd you have the baby, Chicago it West? Like an elementary school. It Chicago sounds West like elementary. Um, it sounds like one of those those cop programs on like uh, NBC tonight on Chicago West. It's too much. It's, it's too much. I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm grateful. I mean, I think that young Chicago, young Shasha should be very, is, she, she, she'll be all right because both of her parents are wealthy. But, um, I mean, and I guess people are totally allowed to name their children whatever they want. But I will say. Oh, they sure are. I will say that, I, as I stated on Twitter when the news broke, that I, I, for one, I miss good, familiar, sturdy black names. Um, and I just feel like I'm going to name my, my, my child Grace <laughs> or I, I think I said name. Thurman. <laughs> somebody on Twitter, Thurman. somebody said, somebody on Twitter said Obadiah and I fell apart. <laughs> I fell completely apart. You, somebody named Obadiah is somebody that you can trust. What? Joe. Oba. <laughs> like that nigga is loyal. Like Caleb. Good <laughs> biblical names. Caleb. I'm going <laughs> to. Name my son Caleb. I'm gonna name mine Joe. So he's strong. He can endure. Okay, man. And he's faithful. <laughs> Chicago West. I mean, that's what's up. Um, yeah. Uh huh. The baby's healthy. Yes, indeed. Uh, 
So yeah, you know what I'm saying other other trash and other trash news. Um, oh wait, no, this just says the government shutdown is over. Did you see um the man who tried to fight the comedian on stage? I did not. With those windmill ass throws. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> there was a man. I I don't know what he got upset about, but he was big mad and got up on stage and tried to fight this comedian at a comedy club. And this nigga was swinging like a wild fucking raccoon. And then when he realized he couldn't, because this nigga, because the comedian was, I mean, my nigga was ducking. Like, my nigga was bobbing and weaving. Um, And dude started picking up. He picked up the mic stand, swung that, and then threw it, threw it into the audience, and then picked up the stool, swung and threw that. Until finally two niggas got him off stage, but he wasn't hitting, <laughs> he wasn't hitting nothing. That was unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. I was like, what in the world prompted you? Niggas need to learn how to handle their brown liquor. That's really, that's the lesson that comes from all of this. Don't drink brown liquor if you can't handle it. Where's um, all the wise? Um, I will say that as of 8 p.m. tonight, uh, Congress mm-hmm. has voted to reopen the government, according to the okay. NA, the Senate and the House both have reached short-term compromises that will fund the federal government for at least another three weeks <laughs> and uh, will fund <laughs> fund the Children's Health Insurance Program for another six years. So Trump, all Trump got to do is sign the measure into law um, and furloughed federal employees will be free to go back to work, um, imagining tomorrow, well, I guess January 23rd when this episode airs, so... Still trash. Still trash. Trash. Basura caliente. Oh my god, man! It just wears me. Wears me out. Um, your boy Andrew Caldwell is still out here lying. Um, what did he say? This time he said he kissed the woman, and he was like, and she was so attractive. Um, I just. <laughs> I was like, yo, somebody take his phone. So I'm like, he doesn't wish. have any supervision. He is like, to- oh, he is totally like, he was exploited. And then he just fell into this trap of like attention. And now he exploits himself. I mean, because I, I mean, you can't tell me that, that there, there's something very, 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 very wrong oh, with Andrew Carl. There's something. He needs some, they need, he needs some assistance and he needs, somebody needs to step in and be like, yo, bro, let me get, let me take this away from you for a second. Cause you're just not being responsible right now. It's too much. It's um, and then the Turpin family. Did you read about the Turpin no, family? Who, who, who they? Ooh. <clears throat> this crazy white family in California that these parents basically held their kids hostage oh i did hear about that and they look oh that is that made me very sad i was yeah because i said the 17 year old girl looked like she was 10 yep and the 29 year old looked 12 the 17 year old girl's the one who escaped and she went to the police station and that's when everything went down or whatever. And they had them kids padlocked to beds. They were feeding them once a day. They said they weren't even letting them out all the time to go to the bathroom. I mean, it was just, it was heartbreaking. And I'm like, what prompts somebody to be so evil? To be able to to even, who like, how do you even think to do something like that? Like, my first thoughts always are to make sure that my kid is good. How do you go in a complete opposite direction? Like, how do you drive wrong down a one-way street? I'm just trying to figure it out. 
Like what in your mind told you that this is a good idea? I just, I don't understand. Maybe it ain't meant for me to understand because I'm not that type of human. You can't make sense out of nonsense when you got some. You know what? You right. You right, sis. And on that note, you have any more trash? I think I'm all trashed out. Yeah. I mean, there's things that we can talk about, but I just don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. The black is hot. The black is hot. hot. We're already, yeah. Let's just, let's just move. Let's move forward, shall we? Let's move on to some positivity. Shout out to my sis. Shout out to my sis. My sis is popping right now. Like. Shout out to my sis. Hey, hey. <laughs> my sis <laughs> is popping right now. Hola. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Hola, mi hermana. Que pasa, hermana? This um, <laughs> <laughs> week, shout out to my sis. Um... We are shouting out Love Her Apothecary. Love Her Apothecary uh, is a, uh, they offer, it's an apothecary that offers hydrotherapy blends or bath salts that are infused with positive energy and gemstone essence for the healing of the mind, body, and aura. Um, combining the ancient practice of hydrotherapy and meditation, each blend is thoughtfully created to bring your physical relaxation, emotional balance, and spiritual empowerment. Each bag of hydrotherapy blend comes with a complimentary bath tea bag and meditation guide. Uh, Love for Apothecary is created by Ariel Kirkland, who is a woman's leadership catalyst and holistic lifestyle coach. Um, and Love for Apothecary was one of the sponsors for our t- uh, Type of Fast and Taking Care event DC. Um, show was. Show was. And I wanted to um, encourage you all to check her out. You know, bath time. For all the girls who love a good, long, hot bath, these bath salts will actually bring you into physical relaxation and get all your feelings in, a, in alignment and, you know, empower your spirit. And it, it'll be amazing. Um, there and are, it's the cutest packaging. Yeah, like she has really awesome packaging. Her website is, is clean. Um, Ariel is my coworker. And I know that uh, this is her business and her passion. And she's really, really um, committed to um, this holistic... Uh, lifestyle coaching and this bath sauce and, and self-care is a, is a part of her move and her mission. Um, so yeah, all of the, uh, the bath salts are awesome. They smell amazing. Um, and it's really an awesome way. And we need to do another black woman self-care segment. I know we can, we, we, we hear you. We see yeah, you. We see you. <laughs> we fully, we are fully aware that it's been a while, but yes, in, in the spirit of black women self-care, I think you all should check out, Love her apothecary. I will leave all of the contact information um, in the description box per usual. Um, and you can share your experience online. If you share your experience online on uh, Instagram or Facebook using the hashtag love my love her, you'll receive 50% off of your, your purchase um, at uh, love her apothecary. So y'all support um, Ariel and support yes. love her apothecary. And lay down in these amazing bath salts and get your entire lives. Support yourselves. Support yourselves and support our sis. That's right. That's it. So yeah, check Under it out. Under the sea. Oh my God. Under the sea. Under the sea, sea, sea. All right. Oh my God. Side note. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Coco? I've not. But I, I watched, when I watched the Golden Globes, I said that I was going to. Is it available on demand or something? 
Um, I don't know. I watched it on Cody. But I'm gonna see. Maybe maybe it's gonna sell at Target or something. I'll pick up the DVD. Tristan and Noah uh watched they went to the movies to see it in 3D, which I'm super jealous. Um when I had the dinner party in Atlanta. But so the other day I had to do Noah's hair. You know, it was it was hair day. So I was gonna wash twist day. her hair. Mm-hmm. It was wash day. Her daddy washed her hair. Oh, and then I uh I sat down and I was gonna twi- you know twist it for the week. So Tristan's like, oh, I'm gonna put on Coco while while you do her hair, and then we'll watch Coco together. And so the thing about it is, so my grandmother's from Veracruz, Mexico, um, you know, and I when he turned Coco on, it was, I mean, when I tell you, it was so. It was so positive. It was such a positive representation of Mexican culture. Yeah. Um, they used all Latino and Latina actresses and actors for the voices of the characters. Um, it was very, very respectful in uh, exp- explaining Dios de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, because I know a lot of people have a misconception of what that is. I mean, when I- it's probably hands down my favorite Disney movie. So cute. You have to see Coco. I cried, kind of. Oh. I, cr- I cried for me. I, I teared up. <laughs> you have to qualify you. Now, I actually didn't cry for real. You know, I just cried a little bit. I cried. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I'm a real G. Mm. But, um, yes. So you have to see Coco. If you all have not seen Coco, I don't care if you have kids or not. You got to watch Coco. It is, I mean, it has become my favorite Disney movie. And I have seen every Disney movie. We got to make Coco happen. Make Coco happen if you if it hasn't already happened. And you. I believe that it won, it just recently won a Golden Globe. Get good. It deserves, it deserves awards. Literally. I remember, because I remember, yes, I, I think I do. If we can, we can refer to Google Alicia, but I'm sure she will confirm. Because I'm pretty sure that I watched it and I remember that. I just had to advocate for that. But anyway, Shout let's move on. Shout out to Coco. Yes. I sis Coco. Yes, let's move forward onto the kitchen table. Gather round, ladies and gents. Hello, governor. <laughs> Can I have some more, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the kitchen table, y'all. Uh, we got some, we got plenty to talk about today. Uh, sis, so you got some snacks, though? Nah, man, I got a good old, big old glass of water over here. I got some water, too, but you know what else I got? What you I have, got? I have um, reunited. And it feels with, so good. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I have reunited with Wheat Thins. Oh. Wheat Thins. I mean, Ooh. I guess, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is. I think I get out of the practice of like buying mm-hmm. crackers and snacks and stuff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm just finishing up a fast. You know, I was doing a fast for the first uh, three weeks of the year. I saw you, you was know, out here eating plates of broccoli. I mean, I just said that I was going to abstain from um, meat and dairy. Um mm-hmm. You know, just kind of get my head together and do some some focusing. And I think, you know, it wasn't that bad. But, you know, just in the spirit of, like, not eating what I usually eat, I picked up some crackers. So I was like, oh, I can eat some. I can eat some wheat thins. And, bruh, mm, you, you, they uh, are mm. delicious. Mm-hmm. They have that slight sweetness to them. The perfect slight, amount of crunch. Still, 
and they're like buttery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I messed around and got that sun-dried tomato and ba- basil. Let me tell you something. I love a sun-dried tomato. When you get back on your dairy, <laughs> throw a little yeah. sliver of brie on there. Woo! Let me tell you about mm-hmm. elevation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's delicious. This Yeah. Okay. All right. So we actually have like business to discuss at the kitchen table yes, today we do. because we have to come for our coins. They they just refuse to give us. They don't want to pay us what we pay. Pay me what you owe me. They don't want to pay us. Nope. Uh, we thought in the spirit of um, recent events. Uh, namely the, the story breaking about, um, the disparity or the great, the huge difference in what Tracy Ellis Ross was being paid, is being paid for her work on Blackish and what Anthony Anderson is being paid for his work on Blackish. Um, and, and, you know, combine that with the emails that we've gotten recently asking us to revisit the conversation of salary negotiation. We thought it would be awesome for us to just kind of talk about that. So we've talked about the gender wage gap before, but it just bears repeating. Um, According to the Hollywood Reporter, like I said, Tracy Ellis Ross is getting paid significantly less than Anthony Anderson. Um, The difference is such that T. Murda is thinking about cutting back on her appearances on on Blackish. So that she can, so that she can be featured. She calls herself T Murder. You watch know, her Instagram, right? I'm just laughing that you used it. <laughs> T Murder, you don't, you don't mess with T Murder's coins. You don't. You Come don't. up off her. Let's... Get your hands out her pocket. Get your hands out her pocket. She got to put her grill in right quick. Listen, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, T Murder's thing about cutting back on her appearances on Blackish so that she can be featured on other shows to make the coins that that you know ABC's not trying to pay her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, there's been some conversation. I saw an article on The Root today, um, or I saw the article, I saw the article today, but I think it was posted earlier in the weekend that, you know, where there's some conversation around whether or not Tracy's response is appropriate. Like, is it, is it appropriate for her to, you know, not quit entirely, but just be like, okay, I'm just going to fall back and then go get my coins elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, or is there another way that she should approach it? Um, but I mean, either way, it's easy for us to feel powerless in instances where structures and systems are not e- e- equitable and they don't favor us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they favor men over us. So we thought it would be useful to talk about how we could empower ourselves and share some resources and information about salaries and salary negotiation. So that we can be strategic about how we navigate this aspect of our lives should we find ourselves in similar situations. Absolutely. Now, I know um, we touched on it early in the show. Um, yeah, or- like I think our one of our first either was our, it was our one of the first or second or like our early, early episodes. We talked about the gender wage gap. Yes. But now we want to go into so like he has said, we want to go into some strategic steps um, so that we can all get the coins that we deserve to get um, and, you know, just helpful ways for us to be able to do that in a way that's organized and efficient. So, right, because I think that um, if we're talking about ways to respond to the issue, uh, you know, this is Tracy Ellis Ross is unfortunately not the only woman Um that has experienced this. Uh, the Root article also um, made reference to the recent film, All the Money in the World, that starred Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams. Mm-hmm. And Mark Wahlberg was paid 10 times more than Michelle Williams. I right. think he 
he was paid um, around $5 million and Williams was only paid $625,000. Like what? Um, right. Which is, which is a little crazy. And, um, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is behind it or the rationale is behind it. I know it's, it's, um, has been said that in the case of blackish, Anthony Anderson, um, is paid more than Tracy because he is also an executive producer on the show, which is, uh, you know, a fair point. I'm not, um, arguing against that, but, um, if this, uh, the, the difference between what Anderson is paid versus what Tracy is paid, Anthony's paid versus what Tracy is paid. If it's anywhere in the vicinity of this, uh, this, uh, Mark Wahlberg and Michelle Williams, this disparity, mm-hmm. then, you know, I mean, man, I would like, understand why she would, why man, she would be upset. Man, man. And so um, the thing about it is if you are, if you do watch blackish, Blackish is what it is. It's an amazing show. It's an amazing show. But it is what it is because of the characters collectively. They all add to the show and they all play a huge part in adding to the show. And less rainbow what it's I, not, it, yeah. it wouldn't be, it wouldn't work. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um she's a key it, part. She's a critical part. Um so I I I don't know. I don't know if I can say um, whether or not Tracy's response is appropriate. I think that's for her to determine. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, we can kind of compare or juxtapose this instance with Tracy um, and the way that she's handled it and uh, against the way that others in the industry have handled it. And it, it'll make for some meaningful discussions about do's and don'ts and mm-hmm. and, and ways <laughs> ways that we can um you know handle our business uh more efficiently and effectively so i'm talking specifically about your girl um precious's mama monique Ooh. now i'm sure as many of you know monique has recently taken to the to the uh internet and asked us to <laughs> boycott the netflix yes um, because uh, they approached her about it. Did they approach her, or did she? I don't know. I don't way. know who approached who, but she was uh, going to have yes a special on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. and they offered to pay her five hundred thousand dollars for it, which, and which is which is is low, which yeah, is low. It's low. I, especially when you compare. Um, you know, we know that. Uh, Dave Chappelle was paid. I think it was twenty million. million. Uh, so now, granted, okay. nobody's checking for Monique the way that they're checking for Dave Chappelle. Like totally, but like Again. I'm just and we and I and I am not saying that uh, Monique is is not you know um, justified in feeling the way that she feels. No. I, not at no, all. There's not at all. I think that she should feel a way. But yes. I, I'm just arguing that the way that she handled herself, um, or handled, or the or her response is less than appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that it, it does make for a good it does make for good conversation about how 
you know, what are some of the um, uh, positive or effective or useful ways to Mm -hmm. kind of respond to these things versus ways that kind of set us up for um, subsequent uh, failure and embarrassment. So um, Jade and I both (laughs) took to the internet and did our good Googles and research to just get some more information about, uh, you know, what are, what are some tips and strategies and, 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 and things that we need to know when we're talking about, salary negotiation and negotiating pay raises and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I, I also reached out to some of my own mentors and people who I trust and, and have been, have often given me valuable advice in terms of navigating my own career to um, hopefully add some um, insight and context for ways that we can have these conversations. You know, I mean, you know, in, in other areas. So like I'm thinking in academic spaces because that's, that's also, um, that's also, I know that a lot of our listeners are graduate students in academics as well. Um, and these things may or may not, um, work out, uh, the same way as they do in corporate spaces. So we put all this information together and put together some, um, tips and, and information that we can share about how, how we can fight against, the gender wage gap and kind of position ourselves, put ourselves in a position where we, um, you know, can be proactive about getting these coins. Not saying that Tracy Ellis Ross was not proactive, but, or, but, but in, in, um, you know, maybe there was nothing that she could have done to prevent this. Cause I mean, I think this story just broke because, you know, no one was aware of the gap right. or the difference, but, you know, now that we know that this kind of stuff is out there, we can arm ourselves, um, with information when we go into different um, uh, situations where we have different opportunities so that we won't be caught out there like Tracy is. Right. Or like Monique. Mm-hmm. Even though Tracy is, I, I feel like she's playing it a little smarter because she's not sitting up here making no videos telling everybody to boycott ABC. Man, I That mean, would not fare well. It <laughs> that wouldn't. wouldn't be smart. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. And we're going to get into that uh, as yes. we get into these tips, but we facts over feelings all the time. Woo! Say it again. <laughs> facts over feelings. But okay. <laughs> Number one, the, one of the, these are just some things, and these, these are in no particular order, um, no. and we're, we're not arguing that this, this list is exhaustive or that it is, uh, you know, a exactly. foolproof, full, mm-hmm. right, or foolproof or anything like that, but these are just things that we thought would be useful information going forward. Um, and we're sharing them with you. If you have things that you would like to add, please join the conversation. You all know how we do. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, we're just going to get started. So number one, uh, talk about salary as early as possible. Um, the literature and advice and um, I guess uh, information that exists out on the internet says that when employers extend the offer, is the that's the best time to uh you know talk about salary like you know what I'm saying like what like mm-hmm. usually you go to the interview they either call you they, they usually call you and say yeah you know congratulations we'd like to offer you the position at that moment that's the right that's the right time to ask about all ask all the questions that you need to know about the you know what standard practices at that particular company or organization so whether it be you know what are your incentive com- compensation plans are there associated policies and criteria like how, you know, just kind of get all the information so that you can arm yourself with what you need to know 
So when you make your um, counter offer in terms of your negotiation, you will be able to be more confident in building your case for what you need. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the number two, take a collaborative approach. Uh, frame the negotiations as a win-win as opposed to um, going into it, maybe comparing yourself to uh, your male counterpart, your male coworkers who you might find out, let, let's say you find yourself in a Molly situation right. and you find out this nigga is making a significant amount more than you, but you guys are doing the same job. Instead of coming into it from that direction, frame the negotiation as a win-win, provide a value proposition, be able to demonstrate the value that you that you will add, have tangible proof that demonstration of what you've done and how you'll continue to add value, save money and be profitable. So when you approach it from that direction, it's a little it, it's a little it falls a little easier on the ears. You collect more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. So take a collaborative approach. Right. You want to you want to let the company or the organization, you know, you're framing it from the perspective of like, you know, we both win, you know, right. compensate me. I'm, you know, if you value me at what I'm worth, then I will be able to, you know, you know, invest that value right back into your organization and let you know, uh, and then have real receipts for like what you can do. You're not just saying I'm do this because I'm the best, but have real receipts that actually demonstrate what you've done and the value that you add. And this right here is where I believe that Monique went wrong. Right. Um, because when you're negotiating and talking about uh, or or providing a justification for why you feel like you deserve, um, you know, to be to be compensated at a higher rate. Everything that you sh- say should be about you and your performance. Absolutely. That's literally the, the worst time ever for you to say, like. To bring up anybody else. Right. For you to say, I want to be paid this much because you paid him that much. Like. You you just you have to be able to prove and demonstrate why. Um, so instead of Monique saying on her video, you know, I believe like this is what Netflix offered me. And I believe that that's bogus because X, Y, Z, because I have done this and I can do that and I will generate this or I will, you know, for instead of instead of her saying. These are the reasons why this is inadequate as it pertains to me. She just literally talked about other people and what they've mm-hmm. done and she did so and i mean and she said things that weren't even true for her to say that she was the most decorated comedian alive was Girl. just like sis that's like a lie <laughs> like you're just out here just stop. you're making up things now and we now can't, your point is being right. lost in it's all like, of this fluff and we and while we agree that it's bogus for netflix to pay you what they paid you we can't stand behind these lies girl we just can't do it we just right. can't do it and so. I just, I'm not going to boycott Netflix. Like, <laughs> handled it stupidly. <laughs> I just feel like, mm, and I'm, it's just, I just feel like it was poor planning. Like, she didn't play the game. She didn't play the game. Well. No, she just got emotional. She, she got was like, oh emotional. my God, I have something to exactly, say. Exactly. And it's like, girl, you were loud. That's why your talk show got right, canceled. Right. It was too damn loud. You're doing too much. And I just feel like, so, uh, like you said, Jade and I were talking before the show, and you, you you told me that Wanda Sykes came out after Monique and said that yep. she too had been offered a ridiculously low um, uh, rate of compensation from Netflix, and she turned them down and went to negotiate uh, with another elsewhere. elsewhere, right? And she was able to do that, like she was able to just she said no, thank you. She wasn't afraid to walk away when they couldn't meet her needs, 
And then she was able to leverage that. Um, and you know, at another company, Monique, she, um, oh, she was actually offered, I'm sorry. Mm-mm. She was actually offered, um, less than half of what Monique was offered. Yikes. Um, and so she said, you know, imagine, imagine that kick in the, you know, All right. in the, in the, in the, well, I'm not going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like, imagine that, like I was offered this, but she, we didn't know anything about this until this situation. Like Wanda Sykes right. spoke up then like, oh, wait, wait right. a second. This seems to be an ongoing problem. That's how you, how you start to, you start to address things. You start to bring attention to them so that people change their practices and their ways. However, when it comes to personal negotiation, that's when you have to approach it from a different standpoint and you have to be a little bit more discreet with how you handle things because nobody wants to give more money to a person who's loud and proud, they'd rather talk to somebody who seems to have some reason to them. Yeah, emotional. If you're going to be emotional, you got to have receipts. And Monique, you got to have, have no receipts. receipts. Behind it. Right. You, you don't have no receipts. So that's all we're saying. Number three, make statements, don't ask questions. Approach your negotiation from the perspective of stating what you need or feel comfortable with versus asking them what they can do. So in, in this case, you know, I, I think that this is common for a lot of women. Um, especially since we often struggle with feeling like uh, we're asking for too much or we're worried about how people will react to uh, what we need. So oftentimes we'll go in and say things like, um, I was wondering if you could do this or X, Y, Z, you know, or what about this or how about that? Um, it's, it's important for you to just kind of go in there and say, I would feel more comfortable uh, you know, given my financial situation and my responsibilities, I would feel more comfortable at this this level of compensation versus what's been offered um, mm-hmm. because it's very direct. It's very clear. Um, you provide a very rationale pointed. and, you know, you're saying this is you're, you're very st- stating very confidently. This is what I this is how I value myself and my work versus asking them whether or not they agree. Exactly. With what you're saying. Exactly. Um, yeah. So you have to be very definitive of what you're going in with. Um, and know your and that's why you have to know your worth. Absolutely. You have to make sure that you know, like he has said, have those receipts. Do your have research. Do market Do your research. research. Know what, what is comparable in the field. Um, and you know, especially if you're negotiating pay raises for jobs that you already have, you ought mm-hmm. to be able to demonstrate um and and add evaluation to the to the to the work and extra work that you've done that that you feel warrants the pay raise. Exactly. Totes my goes. So number four, negotiate like a white man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If a fear is if it, if fear is an issue and your nerves are bad, um, thinking with a white man. Thinking would a white man ever be afraid to ask for his money will undoubtedly help you overcome any apprehension. (laughs) A white man is never, ever, (laughs) ever, 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 ever apprehensive to tell you exactly what he needs. They ain't never scared, bruh. And they don't have no receipts ever. No. They are fearless. It's like, well, actually, um, it needs to be this. Totally on the basis of white, of their, (laughs) them and their whiteness, they will ask you for anything and feel no way about it. Totally. Totally. So you need to make sure that you go in there very firm, just like them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, get like whatever apprehensions you have, uh, whatever, um, whatever timid things you have been taught, get over it. Yes, girl. <laughs> get over it and get in there and get your white man on. Get your white man on. Actually, um, I got this great advice from one of um, uh, my own um, mentors and advisors, Dr. Kimberly Griffin Haynes. Hey. Um, from, uh, was currently at the University of Maryland College Park. She was on my dissertation committee and I just love her to pieces. I reached out to her um, to kind of just ask about, you know, this kind of stuff as specific to academic spaces. And she offered some really awesome advice. This is just a part of it. I'll share a little bit more later. But she said that, um, in addition to, uh, we often seek the counsel of, you know, women and women of color, people who look like us. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's great advice because, you know, they've navigated these spaces with the identities that we have so they can offer us great perspective and insight. But it's also helpful to talk to some men and even some white men who you trust that, right. um, you know, cause they, <laughs> they will literally give you Sorry. perspective. <laughs> And help you to see things a way that 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 we we can't just just by virtue of how we live and exist and operate in the world. Um, and they sure. will they will be able to give you advice and even the verbiage and the words that you need to use. Like he's, don't say that, say this. Um, and uh, you know they will absolutely help you get over those feelings um, uh, or wondering whether you're asking for too much because you know like we said they they are never worried about asking for too much. And if there's a white man. Um, if you, there's no white men in your world that you can trust, um, cause I know sometimes that's a difficult task. <laughs> you can always come to me. I have a couple of them on deck. Huh? They'd be happy to answer any questions you have. You got to keep a couple they're, sometimes. They're for the people. For I got the, a few. The, I got a few. For the <laughs> so yes, always negotiate like a white man. Be very firm about your money and seek the advice of those in which you're trying to go after what they're going after. So like, like you got to find somebody who knows what they're doing and figure out how to do that thing. <laughs> Especially in the world that we live in, it is best. It, it might be in all of our best interests to have a white man that we can trust on our personal board of directors. Just one. <laughs> because just, I mean, just one. They teach, us how to, teach us how to move in this thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Show me yeah. this. Show me this. Tell us the secrets. You know Tell me saying? the secret. Put me on. <laughs> Put me on. All right. We're moving. We're moving. Practice. We're, moving. we're practice. It's important to role play, practice. Don't let the first time you talk about a uh, salary negotiation be like during your your actual salary negotiation. It's okay to have a script. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, some advice I got from Dr. Griffin. Um, The first time that uh, I negotiated it was over the phone. Um, you know, I got the call saying I got the job offer. I was really excited. And once I thanked him profusely, I said, now about this money. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I was I actually had a script. I had written out what I wanted to say, the points that I wanted to make, because as y'all know, since y'all listen to the show, thank you so much for doing that. I tend to get a little tongue tied and flabbergasted and flustered, especially when I'm nervous and I will um you to death. I didn't want, and, and so I wanted to be real confident and, and self-assured in how I had this conversation. So I literally wrote out what I wanted to say and I read it from the paper. Um, my supervisor had no idea. Maybe she did, but either way, um, <laughs> I had, I wrote it and I read it out. I read it out loud and that helped me, uh, kind of get out of my nerves. Um, 
And, you know, it, it helped me kind of with the with the apprehension, the anxiety that I was feeling around doing it. Um, and and also it helps you to be very direct and to remember all of your points, because like you said, many of us get tongue tied and flabbergasted. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it it causes memory loss when you're in the middle of a conversation. Sometimes you lose some of those points that you want to make. So writing them down, practicing them and and having a script in front of you. Um, even if you don't want to necessarily read off of it, but you want to use it as an outline, it can help you to make sure that you're remembering all of the points that you want to make so that you're getting what you want ultimately. Totally. And um, having a conversation, it may not even be a conversation that you have to have on the phone or in person, um, especially if you uh, receive an offer, you can thank them and ask them if it's okay um, for you to take a, you know, a day or two to kind of think about their offer and then absolutely, and then you can either respond um, in writing, you know, I have actually, I've also, or draft a formal counter offer letter. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, that also takes a lot of the edge off cause you literally just write it up and then you send it off and go on about your business. So, um, yeah. it's a lot less nerve wracking to actually be able to write it down. But the point is to figure out what works for you and practice that. Um, uh, but don't back down because as uh, Dr. Griffin told me to emphasize this point, your base salary, especially if this is your, uh, first job ever. Um, mm-hmm. Your base salary determines so much. Like you, you, it's easier to negotiate pay raises if you start from. You know, like if, the closer you can get to your dream salary and your base salary, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it'll be easier and better off for you. Because if you start off really low, the chances of you making huge jumps in salary are is is slim, slim to none, slim. And then the final one, number six, think beyond what you're going to take home. So think beyond just your take home pay. What's going to make your life easy to to, to navigate? What's going to help you with commuting, vacation? You ha- um, And then Kia, if you want to speak to speak to this point. Yeah. So um, it's all about value. And yes, salaries and take home pay and what we actually bring home in our checks are, are important. But there are other things that we can negotiate in terms of um, compensation that, yep. um, you know, will make the deal sweeter. Uh, things like telecommuting, uh, working from home, uh, more, yep. more vacation time. And these are for my academics, my graduate students. Startup money is really, really crucial, especially if you are um, applying for faculty positions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you're starting up as a, um, a tenure track faculty person, um, faculty member and, you know, whatever classes that you teach, whatever uh, materials, whether it be books or technology or equipment that you need in order to, you know, actually get started and prepare for your classes. If you don't negotiate startup money, there's a high chance that you will be coming out of pocket for that stuff. Um, same for teachers. Same, yeah, same for teachers. So if you, you know, maybe you can negotiate in lieu of, uh, you know, maybe they can't give you any more on the salary, but if they can throw some money at you, uh, as far as, you know, startup pay or, you know, maybe negotiating summer salary, you know, academic positions are nine month positions. So what you're going to do, uh, you know, June through August, uh, maybe you can negotiate some summer salary or some extra work that you can pick up summer salary for, or even some graduate assistance or, you know, you know, people to help you, uh, do your research or manage your research and your teaching load. All that stuff counts. Um, and my, uh, position that I have now, um, I was able to negotiate some, professional uh, professional development monies 
Um, yes, professional development yeah. is always. So if I wanted to, you know, for some of the conferences, professional development conferences that I wanted to go to, I wouldn't have to come out of my pocket. There was some extra money, mm-hmm. the, like literally like a, a you know, a, a small amount of money that I could use, you know, to pay my airfare or my conference registration for those kinds of things. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there are other things if they and you you can, you should be flexible in your negotiation firm and what you want and, and, you know, be willing to say and state what you want, but understand that, you know, it is a negotiation. So there may not be some things that, you know, the, the organization may not be able to bend on, but usually if you come to the table and you have some options about other ways that they can, you know, meet you in the middle, they will work with you. Um, in layman's terms, closed mouths don't get fed. You got, so you gotta say it. They're going to lowball you. Remember that always. And another thing you have to keep in mind is that companies are always going to look out for themselves. And so you have to look out for yourself. But make sure you're doing it in a way that's smart. Make sure you're doing it in a way that's strategic, definitive, and pointed so that you're able to, to get the, a positive outcome. And like he has said, if you're able to negotiate somewhere in the middle that makes the both of you happy, that's that's an even better plus. But we felt like it was a conversation that was definitely worth having um, given, you know, all of the, the, you know, the women's March just happened, the anniversary of the women's March. And we had another women's March and, you know, the information about Tracy Ellis Ross and just knowing that we, we just not being treated fairly out here. We have to, so we have to try to play chess with it. We got to move smart. Yeah, man. And I mean, it sucks that we have to play these kinds of games or that the game is set up, in these ways that don't uh, favor us or even acknowledge our, our worth or contribution to the, in, in the work that we do. Um, mm-hmm. it sucks. So I'm not arguing or saying that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that um, when I say we have to learn how to play the game, I'm not saying that so that, you know, it's just, it is the way that, it is the way that it is and we can't change it. I'm, no. I'm saying that you cannot change a game that you don't know how to play or that you're not playing. So in order for us mm-hmm. to get into these positions, we have to be strategic so that we can move and get into these positions so that we can eventually be on the other side of the table mm-hmm. and we can start to affect change in terms of policy. Um, um, and hopefully that will help us to, uh, you know, make some more progress toward closing this, this gender wage gap, mm-hmm. because it's really, it's just, there's a lot of, you know, it's just the system, like I said, it's systemic. It's, it's not set up for us to win. But in order for for no. us to get in, we have to be in the, in the right positions in order for us to make the changes that that need to be made. So we gotta we gotta learn how to play the game, and I think we should just all get in here together and figure out how to do it right. Yeah, because even though it's not set up for us to win, that doesn't mean that we can't. That doesn't mean that there's not ways to try to work around that. You know, get around those firewalls and figure out how we can get where we need to be. So we hope that um, that anything that we said today might resonate with you. Shout out to (laughs) Fran. Sorry, it's a thing, guys. Totally. Um, But we hope something that we said which will resonate with you and might help you out. We want to make sure that everything that we tell you guys is stuff that we implement or would implement in our own lives as well. So we don't take any of this lightly. Um, So yeah, we hope that this is able to help in some way. Yeah, I mean, like like I said before, if there are other things that you guys want to add to the conversation... Um, y'all know how to reach us on all the social media outlets and in our email. Um, and we're absolutely open if there are things that we did not cover or things that, you know, even if you don't agree or if there's something else 
you know, we can have respectful conversation and, um, you know, where all, all opinions are acknowledged in, in, you know, like I said, friendly and respectful ways. (laughs) Absolutely. But yeah, we just thought that this conversation needed to be had. We do hope that it's helpful and we can move on. Can't we? Let's move on to the honesty box. Want to find out what happens when women break the rules? Subscribe to Unladylike right now on your podcast app. The hosts do obsessive research to find surprising stories about women's lives. In the first episode, Unladylike covers a woman whose doctor recommended an abortion after she miscarried. She thought insurance would cover it. Then she got a $7,800 medical bill. They'll also take on breaking the bronze ceiling, riding a bike without getting harassed, and how to be a business witch. Add a delightful dose of feminist rage to your week. Subscribe to Unladylike and Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. With three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential, Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry and anatomy. Okay. (laughs) Not to mention, the breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. But the best part is that you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-a trial. After all, you spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. Start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com forward slash grown and using the code grown g-r-o-w-n at checkout that's casper.com forward slash grown offer code g-r-o-w-n for fifty dollars off your mattress purchase terms and conditions apply honestly truly honestly honestly truly truly it's time for the honesty box Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so our honesty box today Blessings, niggas. <laughs> My kind of greeting. Jade and Kia, I'm a longtime listener, first time emailer. I love and support the whole crew and you all have been a major influence on my best me journey. Thank you. Kia, I would like your professional opinion regarding my question and Jade, your advice as a mother. I hmm. am an assistant director for a pre-college program. My site is a middle high school. Today, I walked into my shared space. School is offensively overcrowded into a class of ESOL students being shown a movie about the Boston Tea Party. When Mm. I tell you that it took everything in my soul not to scream out, cut this shit off, y'all. The teacher was just an Indian this, an Indian that. I felt physically ill listening to this. The cartoon itself was a mess, too. I want to address it with the teacher whom I truly do respect as a professional and would like your advice on how to do so. I am also a mother of a five-year-old. I am sick at the thought of my child being taught this mess. We do our part in unlearning and reteaching in our home, but I'm still flabbergasted with this shit. Thanks and love and respect you ladies so much. Oh, Lord. Thank you, first of all, for writing in. And for listening. And for listening. Taking the time out of your busy schedule because assistant director for a pre-college program. Come on, girl. My sis is popping right now. Um, Yeah, that's problematic. I don't know why this is being taught. They won't take slavery at the history books, but they won't take this bullshit out. Like, Mm -hmm. So I agree with you 1,000%. What do you got to say, sis? 
Wait, she's asking me how she can have a conversation with with the with the with the with coworker who? with the um with the teacher who was who was teaching this uh trash. I would have a conversation. I would frame it. Okay, first of all, I think I would just be prepared. You know, if you just approach the teacher and just say, you know, this is some bull swanky. Why are you teaching this? The first thing he or she is going to say is that I'm just teaching what they told me to teach. Right. Um, it's easy for her to kind of pass the buck. Absolutely. Uh, it would be, it would be, I think that it's totally well within your rights um, to ask the question. It's just all about how you frame it. I mm-hmm. would frame it from the perspective of like, yeah, man, we know we got to, you know, we know the curriculum is what it is, but um, what about like, you know, I would just ask, ask, why are we like, you know, how, when, what ways are we teaching our students to be critical of, you know what I'm saying? Like, we are critical of history. Um, if we're not critical of history, then we are subject to repeat it, right? So, um, I would probably frame it from that perspective of like, you know, probably highlighting the ways that this is problematic and like what the implications of something like this would be. Right. Um, and like coming, to, coming to the teacher with your criticisms. Yes. But having like, you know, some solutions or some right. recommendations or directions of how to take the conversation. Like, you know, you don't have any suggestions about how to help me improve no. on my practice. Then, you know, it's easy for me to be like, girl, I don't want to hear this. Um, and, and also I would, I would, caution you or tell you to just be prepared for her to not be receptive to any of it absolutely but but, uh yeah i think that's what i would do i would probably say something but be very um intentional about the way that i framed it um and then you know then i feel like my conscience would be clear in knowing that i've done all that i that i felt you know was in my power to do um and at which point i would probably you know it would still probably affect me but i wouldn't feel responsible i would um, also um oh and 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 i and i love the fact that you want to handle this in a professional manner totally. because it's you like you you your hand you, you asked the right you said the right thing you were like i respect this person as a professional totally. i just want to make sure that i handle this the right way um so i think like he has said just handling it from a respectful standpoint and and highlighting Maybe how to bring up to the students how this is problematic, this behavior is problematic, might be a helpful way to steer the conversation. Another thing, too, that I thought you you said the uh, the teacher was Indian, this Indian, that, so they sound just a teensy bit ignorant. Maybe bring up, you know, teaching about the indigenous and not the Indian, but that's just a side note. I don't know. Yeah, it might just be a case where you just... Just need some modeled behavior. That's it. The teacher may just, you know, just need to need to see examples or make, you know. Maybe you can come up with a list. Maybe you can ask them. Maybe you can teach a guest class and yeah. you can say, well, I saw that your teacher was teaching you about the Boston Tea Party the other day. Now, let's talk about mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. the Boston Tea Party was problematic. <laughs> yeah, because and, I mean. You have control. I mean, I'm sure within your your role as the assistant director for this pre college program, you have some, oh, uh, some um, some say so. Yeah, like you have some power. <laughs> you have some influence. There's some space where you can get to these students and kind of uh, 
give them a different perspective on uh, what what you know that that counters what this what your colleague presented them with. So you got some options here, and I think there's a whole lot of there's lots and lots of potential for this conversation to be super productive. Absolutely. And yeah, I hope that I hope I hope that help that helps you. And I love what you guys are doing with your child because we try to do the same thing. Unfortunately, we can't. It's it is disgusting to know that there's going to be teachers out there who are going to teach this bullshit. Um, and there's a lot more white teachers than there are black teachers. Um, and there might be people who just are not as aware of, you know, just teaching what's in the curriculum. Uh, how you know how how to twist that and turn that to something that could be more modern day and that that you know it's just kind of like well this is what it was you know um but I love what you guys are doing with your child as far as the unlearning and the reteaching at home that's all we can do we got to do the same thing I'm blessed right now because Noah is in an all-black school she's got Caribbean teachers they keep it real black over there you know what I'm saying like they discipline the kids they're not too harsh but they, you know, they put them in their place and they teach the kids and they've got their well-being at heart. Like, I'm really lucky for that. But I know that's not always going to be the case. So we have to constantly make sure as parents that we are reteaching our children. Um, that means we have to be interested. You know, we can't be on no Drea, no Drea <laughs> behavior. OK, no Drea 2018. We have to make sure we know what our kids are learning in school. Talk to them about what they're learning in their classes so that we know what we want to highlight because kids do most of their learning at home, contrary to whatever. Like kids do a lot of their learning at home. Um, that's where they get their core learning from. And so if we're constantly teaching within our home and, and promoting that education, that's going to that's going to make them want to look into things more for themselves and start to see maybe where history can be, where we can change some behaviors that have, that have been going on in the past and are going on current day. So anyway, I think you're doing a good job and I hope the conversation uh, goes productively. Update us. Yeah. Keep us posted. Let us know. Send your kitchen table talk um, suggestions, honesty box questions to getting grown podcasts at gmail.com. You can find all of the information in the description box. Um, and let's move on to the petty peeves. Oh, let do it. Hey, 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 hey. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister because everybody know I can be real petty. P E to the T T Y, honey. It's time for the petty peeves. Peeves with petty. Peeves de pete. So, I have two petty peeves today. Um, one, because this cab driver, I told Kia, he almost got punched in the throat. Oh, Lord. And, I mean, I had to exercise so much self-control. It was ridiculous. So, I have to get this off my chest. But then there was a list. There's a listener petty peeve as well, which brought me to tears of laughter so I'll start with mine because I'm just thoroughly angry and then we'll go on to that one because I think we can all get a good chuckle um so I'm at the laundromat right mad laundry like six giant bags of laundry I'm doing all this shit so I did it husband was supposed to pick me up he got caught up so I said all right I gotta take a cab home load all the laundry in the cab or whatever right so I call a cab you know get a get a get a Juno and I use Juno all the time. 
So this nigga, first of all, he pulls up. I see that he's there, but he's not in front of the laundromat. So I call him and he's at the corner. I said, well, you need to either go around or back up because you're not in front of the door. I have mad laundry to load in the car, uh, unfortunately. So you're going to have to come in front of the address that I put into the field. Oh, God. Uh, I'm, I'm triggered. So he backs up. He has an attitude automatically because of that. So I'm like wheeling all the little thingies out and loading these giant bags into the trunk and into the back seat. So he's irritated with me. And then we go. It doesn't take me 15 minutes to do it. It takes me like four minutes. This nigga did not get out at all. Like did not get out of the car. I'm like, all right, you know what? If he had gotten out of the car and helped, would have been an automatic great tip for you. He didn't get out. You're not obligated to get out. You're a cab driver, so whatever. So I load up. We get to my house. He wants to park across the street. I said, you saw everything that I had to load in this car. Please go in front of the address that I put in the destination. (laughs) You're going to have to do a U-turn, my guy, but I got to get this laundry into the front door. I'm irritated with him at this point. So he's irritated with me because he's got to do this. He's got to do his job. So he goes in front of the house. So he starts talking shit. And I'm like, are you really opening your mouth and saying something to me right now? I was like, because I held my tongue. But if you want to do this, we can go ahead and do this. He tells me if I needed to carry all of that laundry, I shouldn't have called him. I said, well, let me explain something to you. I don't know you personally. So I didn't pick up the phone and ring you, my nigga. Like I called the app. I was like, and I've never had an issue with any cab driver picking me up from the laundromat and me putting my laundry in the damn car. I was like, but if you want to sit here and take shots, I was like, I think that you are a weak man. I was like, and you're lazy. (laughs) I was like, because you didn't even get your lazy ass out of the fucking car to help with a single goddamn bag. I was like, so don't say nothing to me about nothing because I carried six fucking bags of laundry. I paid you for this ride. I put this shit in your car. Now shut up so I can get my shit out and stop talking to me. Go on. So he literally gets out the car and he's standing behind the trunk over me as I'm pulling bags at the car. I said, if you don't make yourself productive, then get the fuck out of my space while I move this laundry before I punch you in your mouth. Because he's still talking at this point and I just can't even process anything that he's saying I was like shut the fuck up before I go upstairs and it's a problem after that so I didn't say anything detailed I just said it's gonna be a problem if I go upstairs so I'm unloading my laundry at this point I'm on my old lady shit because this nigga's pissed me off so I'm cussing out in the air I'm just cussing as I'm unloading all these six bags of laundry and then I kicked his car and told him that I feel sorry for his wife (laughs) Um, because he still kept talking shit he still kept talking shit like he kept kept, his car because he came right up on my neck and he tried to slam my fucking fingers as I pulled out the last bag out of the trunk talking about he was waiting by the trunk so he could close it I was like you're really like provoking me right now and you need to go sit back in the car until I'm done like that's what you're doing right now because you're standing on my neck and I don't appreciate it so that was my that's my petty peeve about these damn cab drivers and it gave this nigga one star and I can't wait to go into a very long and detailed I am a white woman email (laughs) about why this was a terrible interaction (laughs) 
And then the second one is listener petty peeve. Let me hurry up so we can get this going because it's late. Hey, y'all love the show, but today I really need to voice my frustration with grown ass niggas who know nothing about female vaginas. My Lord, I've been dating this guy for the last couple of months. And last night I was watching Bring It On. I don't girl. I have other questions. Bring but anyway, it on. Like I, that's why I just that's another question. Was that uh, is this pertinent <laughs> to the story? <laughs> no. Yes, it is. Actually, okay. it is very pertinent. Okay. I was watching Bring It On when Dude came over. When Gabrielle Union came into the scene, he made a comment something like, oh, this was before the booty eating days. Oh. I just finished reading her book oh, and I playfully responded, child Gabby was having sex for real, even back then. Wade ain't show her nothing new. This 29 year old man said, oh, that's why she can't have kids now. She had way too much sex. I am super confused and I'm like, what do you mean? He proceeds to tell me that women who start having sex at an early age or who have numerous sexual Where partners is this written? Oh my can't God. get pregnant Jesus. because they've messed up their bodies. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you, his uncle, what kind of uncle, your old uncle's back, back hand into the, at, at the alley behind the garage, old theology. Moonshine making. Ridiculous. I can't, uh, this the same uncle who taught him that women pee from their cl- clitoris. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't pee from your... No, nigga, I don't. I don't pee from there. My uncle Chucky it's told not- me that... Uh, that uh, period comes from... You know what I'm no, saying? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. Your uncle Chucky also told you to treat a woman's clit like a like a fucking DJ booth, but that's wrong too. But I'm sorry. Anyway, father your sons, father your son, <laughs> father your son. Jesus Christ, goddamn <laughs> your nephews, whatever. Oh my god, I was offended. At least, all right, let me finish. I went up to explain to him that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Virgin brides have trouble conceiving and women who've seen their fair share of dicks get pregnant every day be in almost all cases. It's nothing that the women did wrong that prevented her from getting pregnant. Besides this fucked up ass interactions, this man also thought his mom couldn't have sex anymore because she had a hysterectomy last year. Ooh, he is dumb as hell. Like how and why are you 29 years old with a child? Oh my God. And no, he's please don't pass this on and know absolutely nothing about pussy except where your dick goes. Jesus Christ, man, if you ain't never had a vagina, please do not make assumptions about vaginas. I honestly don't know if I need to buy this nigga a book or just walk away because I can't. Save yourself, sis. Save yourself. Save yourself. Save (laughs) yourself. Like, get out of this right now. I don't, I'm not recommending that you do anything for this nigga. It is not our responsibility to teach niggas like this because this is another level of stupid. This is another level of ignorance. They blame us for everything. They blame (laughs) us for everything. They find a way to make it always our fault. (laughs) Like, how are you making my infertility my fault? My God today. You are the king of assholes. It's all right. Oh, my God. Just a batch of assholes out there. And the really sad thing is that there are a whole rack of niggas who think just like this one. We got to just, this is why we got, this is Candy told us we got to stay prayed up. That's what she said. She told us. She did. And she told us to fly above the haters. So get out of here. Flee. Get out, get away from this man. Tell him to scram. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's beneath me. It's beneath me. 
Don't come for candy's lower register. Joe, even though I laugh. I prefer it. Every man wants a woman. <laughs> candy, candy. Kaya, out of pocket, candy. still stepping over lines. Candy coated basement. Oh, oh but uh, yeah, you need to, you need to eighty six this nigga immediately. Like, go. get him out of the paint because he's. I don't. You don't deserve at this stage in your life to to educate anybody to the degree that this nigga needs to be learned. Like, get away from him out of here so i had to read that because that that took me down initially but what's your petty peeve this week yes well we'll just keep the party going with uh uh the inappropriate behavior of men oh joy we have another uh petty peeve from a frustrated working mother (laughs) she writes hello ladies First, I want you to know that I'm very proud of all the amazing things you have accomplished this year together mm-hmm. and individually. I look forward to attending a show in the future. Just putting it into the universe. Put it out there, girl. Put it out there, girl. It's happening. Um, now, let's discuss my petty peeve. I recently returned to work from maternity leave, and I pump while I'm away from my daughter. Ooh. My, my, my office has a mother's room that is clearly labeled. The problem is, I am the only lactating person in the office, but I am constantly having to knock on the door and ask the men in my office to leave the mother's room. I pump four times a day, and I have to ask somebody to leave about three out of the four times. The audacity of you funking up the room with your musty pits and deadly farts while you make personal calls and check your email. Like, learn some boundaries. Everything does not belong to you. God bless a frustrated working mother. I feel your pain, sis. Like, we I feel your pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of you for going and taking your time to pump. I see you with your four times a day. Let me explain something to y'all right quick. That's commitment. Yeah, man. Because my ass tried to pump behind a damn bar and oh, I'm on the train at night, 2 30, 3 o'clock in the morning. My whole fuck, thank God I wore all black because I bartended because titties was wet, soaked, because I couldn't pump and my breasts were heavy and they hurt. So shout out to you first and foremost. Sorry. Go off. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a mom. Um and I've not I can't I don't I can't relate to this from personal experience, but it really just resonated with me because I'm just like blown away that a man would enter the mother's room to make a phone call. <laughs> um, knowing that there's a mother on the premises who actually needs to use the room for the purposes that it was it was created. And I guarantee you it's not new men every day she got to ask to get out there. I bet you it's the same niggas. Which makes it even more irritating. What I need you to do, sis, is to gather up all of your things and get yourself to your human resources. Absolutely. Uh, you got, Absolutely. You got to tell everybody within earshot that these these people are in the room and they are not allowed to be there. Like that's got to be a, that's a major violation of office policy. And if human resources human resources don't do nothing, call OSHA. 
Yeah. And then tell them to get a candle as well. Tell them you need a candle in that room because it ain't right. It's like, bruh, it's not okay. It's not okay. And and I know what it's like to walk into somebody's old stale ass, stale ass, burnt popcorn ass fart. Like, nigga, you know what you left me in. Mm -mm. My baby got to eat this milk. Like, come on now. Is that right? It's not right. It's not. So, So, yeah. (laughs) That's not a petty peeve at all. That's actually just like, niggas is living foul. Yeah. Go report them niggas and go 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 get what you are owed. That is the whole basis of this entire episode. episode. That's it. Pay me what you owe me. Act like Riley on the boondocks and write Santa a letter. <laughs> go pay what you owe. Show Say, it. dear Santa, you a bitch price. ass nigga. <laughs> Just to back it up, you, you can hold my eyes. Now, now I say oh, you owe me something. Yeah, yeah. owe me back, back like you owe your, owe your rent. <laughs> owe me back like it's money I slid. Yeah. Owe me back and we can spend it again. Go ahead, do the ditty bop. Anyway, thank you for listening to another episode of Getting Grown with Jade and Kia, Kia and Jade. Um, shot, stay, stick around for some announcements that will be coming soon. Uh, and um, oh, check out. Make sure you guys, if you're in the LA area, come out to Cal State 420 weekend, 421 to be exact for Jaden XD Live. So the tickets are free. You can reserve them now. Um, but it is first come first serve. It's on a college campus, so you know it's for the people. But it's first come first serve, so you can go to uh, the Eventbrite link that's in the description box. And reserve your tickets. Show Liz. Okay. Yeah. You guys, uh, thanks for listening. We will see you guys next week. Remember to drink your water, mind your business, moisturize, because your black will absolutely crack if it's dry. Bye. Peace out.